All right, here we are, Season 2, Episode 3, the Deep 3 Podcast. I'm joined today by Mr. Samuel Stone. Yeah, yeah. Fresh off the honeymoon, fresh off the wedding. Yeah, yeah. Back to reality. A lot of stuff, yeah. Summer life for a teacher, which I don't know that you have any slowdown. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. Good point. So, Good point. Um, but Sam, thanks for joining. I've, I've been in this room with you before. That's true. On the other side of the microphone. Yeah, When uh, you and Connor had the... Uh, the beer bros for a bit. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, I would not be uh, against you bringing that back if you had, can find some time. We've but, talked about it. We've uh, talked about it. Both of us are going to have to carve out some time. Sure. But it's sure. not something we're against. We think it'd be cool. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, still rocking your sticker on my, on my coffee mug, so love to have you guys do that, but glad to have you today. Uh, thanks for giving up some of your, your time. And as I said, you're, you're pretty busy uh, guy, so... Uh, just the way I do with every every uh, guest as they come on, just to maybe give a little bit of your uh, background, your family, growing up here locally, and uh, now uh, your new family yeah, as yeah. well. So just give us a little bit of background about yourself. Yeah, well, I, you know, I grew up in this area, um, went to West Yadkin, went to Starmount, um, grew up with uh, over in Hamptonville. Uh, my mom, dad, Sammy, and Kenneth, but uh, some people know my extended family, the Hemricks. Oh, uh, yeah. They run a big farm, and then they are part owners and Alpha and Omega, uh, corn, maize, all that good stuff. And um, and then my other other side of the family, they're in the Yadkinville. They're from Yadkinville. Um, so, yeah, grew up here and went to Starmount and uh, graduated and uh, went to wound up finishing we'll say finishing my degree we won't get too off in the multiple that's another episode yeah yeah that that is yeah yeah that would be okay i got yeah i got a books on that stuff anyway wound up graduating from appalachian uh, with a degree in math uh, and teaching at starmount Um, and now uh, as of june 12th so just a couple weeks ago got married Uh, her name is faith well, her first name is Christian. Her middle name is Faith. She goes by Faith. She was Thomas. Now she's Stone. And then uh, we got two dogs. Right. So, yeah, we got a Husky and a Labradoodle, Simba and Loki. Nice. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. And a new house? A new house. Still doing a little bit of work on that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We uh, bought a house back in March and uh, started remodeling and renovating. And so we're finally back in there, or we're in there getting situated and, you know, for me, it was funny. I always thought this home ownership thing, you yeah. know, you would, a couple weeks in, you'd have it together, and that's <laughs> the way it was going to be, but I'm yeah. quickly learning that ain't the way this thing works, right? It's a constant work in progress, and something is always need to be done. Yeah, so. I mean, for my age, I'm relatively new to the home ownership, but yeah, it just keeps going. Yeah, yeah. The list just thinking. gets bigger. Exactly. <laughs> I'm sitting here thinking, like, yes, let's make a list of what we need to do, and then... The next day, we tack five more things. I'm like, this is not helping my <laughs> my fears here. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. All right. Well, thank you for that little, little intro. And I will say this. I'll plug maybe episode two, season one, uh, Jennifer Hemrick yeah. of the Hemrick family was on. I think that one kind of got lost amongst some things. Really good interview with her. Uh, as Sam mentioned a couple things she's involved in, so... Listen to this one first, then hop back and listen to that one. Uh, good stuff right there, for sure. So, um, Sam, if you don't mind telling us how you ended up here at Collide, that's a pretty interesting story, and, yeah. and what your 
your roles are, what they've expanded to now? Yeah. Um, so I wound up at Collide. Um, well, I grew up uh, going to Shady Grove over in Boonville. Uh, that's where my parents are still going to church, and I grew up there and um, had some great people involved in my life that really just uh, helped guide me and lead me spiritually. Um, but more so how I wound up here at Collide was I worked at Caswell, um, and after I worked there for four summers, and then after my first summer, um, Jamie had hit me up about, he was asking me if I knew anybody that would be interested in um, stepping into a worship director, leader role uh, here at Collide, and that was what, September, something like that, if I remember Sounds right. Sounds about right, yeah. 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 Um, September, and that would have been of 2015. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's been a while. Yeah. Um, and I didn't know anybody at the time because a lot of my friends that I had worked with at Caswell were from the Raleigh area, and some of them were from Nashville, so out in Tennessee, that area. Um, but later on, you know, I honestly, it kind of slipped to the back of my mind because I just didn't know that many people. Um, but later on, Jamie hit me up in December and was like, hey, uh, or maybe it was late November, something around there. It's like, hey, do you know anybody? And I was like, I don't, but would you all, like, consider me? You know, I'm from the area, and now one thing about me, you know, I'm not a, a singer. Uh, I can... I can sing, but it's not like one of the. I don't. I don't classify it as a joyful noise. It's probably not something anybody. It wants is to joyful. Hear. It's just not. Yeah, good. yeah. There's joy in my heart. It's just the <laughs> the sound. The sounds are it not too not joyful. May not be happiness in other people's ears. Yes, that's a good. I'm the same it. way for sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and you know, obviously, when you think of a worship leader, most people think of the people that are the person that's out in front leading the congregation. Um, and when we got together and discussed, you know, that was one of the things for Jamie and Nick that they were kind of like, you know, wasn't necessarily what we had in mind, but we think, you know, if you, you can come and, and, uh, see how we do things and we'll see if it's a fit. So I came one time and seemed to go well. And then the next time I showed up, um, the, one of the guitar players, uh, called out was sick and um, his stuff was there. I didn't have my guitar stuff with me, and so I just jumped on stage and played that morning. Had one of the songs I'd never heard before, so I just listened to it before and jumped up there and got after it, and uh, yeah, from there, I guess the rest is history. Uh, <laughs> so through that, um, you know, got the job and uh, have just been here really ever since, and you know, it's been interesting because, you know, that was at the tail end of my first summer working at Caswell. So for three more years, I worked at Caswell during the summers, and that was always a tough thing to figure out um, and a tough thing to work through um, because obviously there's a lot going on here uh, from Sunday to Sunday, getting prepared for what's going on on Sunday mornings. And then obviously at Caswell, uh, because my last two summers at Caswell, um, I was the worship band it's, we call them interns but essentially I was over the, the worship team down there and uh, trying to uh, manage both right. was quite the, the task but hey we got through it and here we are we made it we made it you we had a, it. quite a few 
7 a.m. phone calls. Yes. And, and see, that was one of the things. Work, yeah, like at Caswell, <laughs> Sundays were, were our day off, yeah. in essence. And, uh, you know, I remember several times waking up to, hey, uh, this is not working. Uh, at yeah. 7 o'clock in the morning, I'm like, here, let's FaceTime me or something yeah, like you're that. Not, you're not seeing what's going on. <laughs> yeah. It's on the phone. Yeah. So that did happen uh, quite often. Uh, that's for sure. Um, so, yeah, and then it's just kind of progressed from there. Um, and obviously, I've grown from the beginning to where we are now um, to really just uh, loving this church, but not not because it's a building, not because it's just a gathering, but because of the impact that it's having here in the community. Um, I think that's just that's the importance. That's the key piece of any church. Um, if you're not having an impact on the the area around your church, mm-hmm. then I don't think you're biblically matching up to what the church is supposed to do. Yeah. Um, I think that's that's such a key piece. And through that, um, I now co-lead um, a community group uh, here in Yadkinville. Um, and I also, back in January, uh, took the student director position on. Um, so that has been interesting, and uh, it's been a lot of learning for me. Um, and fortunately, being a teacher, I have the experience with the students' right. side of things. Um, but, you know, um, managing all of the different roles, I guess, has been, over the last six months, has been the task because got engaged, uh, remodeled a house, took over as student director, still doing the worship director thing, and I had to teach through a pandemic. So managing things the last six months has been the interesting thing for me. Um, But uh, it's been great. It's been great. Um, I've learned a lot. And, you know, just last night we had a game night with our student group out at the park. And uh, it was great. We had 30, right around 30 kids there. <clears throat> and uh, we just had a good time just getting to know the students, hanging out. And that's what that's what I love about being a teacher is building those relationships with students. And then, obviously, as a student director, um, leading those relationships towards the gospel. That's that's what I love the most. So it's really cool. It's awesome. Uh, and I did think of being at your wedding a couple weeks ago, uh, maybe missing an opportunity to share some things. And we had kind of a... Uh, I love the way you guys did it, kind of a, what we call it, a preception. Preception, yeah. That was yeah. cool and had just uh, some of the people there and quite honored to be there. Um, one thing I thought about in retrospect, like I probably should sit up, and you got to have a funny thing or a funny memory. Mine was, maybe you can explain this, so I'll give a little bit here, I'm not sure all this with, with the, uh, the podcast people, but your voicemail so, oh yes, yes. Uh, for when you got hired, and I don't know, maybe a little bit longer. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it uh, for a year or two. After the I first heard. time I heard that, I was like, "Who? Is, what is this?" Yeah. So that was you from. I think how that, young? I think I was in sixth grade, and <laughs> I I was hired for this position at twenty, I think twenty one, twenty twenty one, something yeah. like that. And um, and yeah, the reason and. You know, obviously, sixth grade, sixth grade to being twenty, there's quite the change. Yes. So now I have what most people would consider. I have a relatively deep voice, and uh, the voice that you heard on my voicemail was not the case. Um, I sounded what you would imagine a sixth grader sounded like. Can you give your best impersonation? Oh, of oh, that? Um, I don't honestly don't know that I can do. It. It's like, 
hey, this is Sam. I mean, something <laughs> yeah. like that. It was really, it's like, hey, this is Samuel. And, you know, nobody really called me Sam growing up. It was always Samuel. Um, but the reason that I did that was it used to drive my dad crazy. So <laughs> he just he left would, it. Yeah, yeah, so I left it. And he would get he would get so mad. Every time he would call me, um, sometimes just for fun, he doesn't know this, but sometimes i just click, hang up, and send him a voicemail. And uh, he would get really uh, irritated. And when he would come home from work, that would be one of the first things. He'd say, I tried to call you today. I was like, yeah, I know. He'd be like, your voicemail. Well, you need to change that. It just doesn't sound right. So, Yeah. Um, once I started applying for teaching jobs and stuff, right. I did change it because I figured if a fir- somebody's first impression of me yeah. was a voicemail, <laughs> I might not. They might not leave a voicemail. I might not get a call back for the position. That was smart, man. Yeah. So, so yeah, that's a interesting thing there. I did get a kick out of that, but appreciate you all you've done for our church. Just the the passion that you have for worship for people, like you said, for the gospel. Um, for the church, uh, it's just been so clear and so evident, and just uh, you've I always have seen you as wise beyond your years. So um, I appreciate all that you have done, uh, and look forward to all that you will do. Also, um, so from the intro, a little background, a little funny story about a voicemail. Uh, <laughs> we'll we'll dive into the deep three here. So uh, I know mm-hmm. you share uh, with me a love for sports. Uh, so first one would be, what's your favorite sports memory? So I had to think back through some things on this one. Um, I would say probably, though, my favorite memory, as far as, like, that I, that I was involved in, <clears throat> was my senior year. Um, we were playing East Surrey in football. So, like I said, I played at Starmount. And uh, I played quarterback. And it, this game, we we had expected it to be a pretty pretty tough game. Um, East Surrey had some really good athletes that year. Um, they had a receiver that could go up and pull it down. You throw it within a 12-foot radius, mm. and he's going to catch it. I mean, something like that. He, he was a freak. Um, they scored on the first drive. So we're down 7-0. And um, we moved the ball quite a bit, um, but we keep stalling out. We're stalling out at the 40, at the 30, and having to kick, punt, that kind of stuff. So it comes down to the wire. There's like two minutes left, two and a half, three minutes, something like that. And um, we run a pitch, a toss off the left side. Running back goes, leaves everybody, ties it up. Hmm. Um, And, you know, obviously coming down to two minutes, and by the end we were like a minute and a half, and um, it came down to the wire. But we scored, tied it up, and um, time ran out. They're driving, but time ran out. I think we we knocked a ball down or something happened. And um, we go to overtime, and, you know, how overtime works, start at the 20, and maybe it's the 25. I can't remember exactly. I think it's the 20 in high school. Um, So start at the 20, and you get one first down attempt, and then obviously once you get inside the 10, get four downs to see if you can score or kick a field goal or whatever. So we drive, we start moving down to the 20, um, and if you know anything about Starmount, we, we we ran the ball quite a bit. We were definitely a run-heavy team, right. um, just the nature of it. We had the athletes to do it, so we did it. Um, and I remember we called uh, a play called midline, and that play is where the quarterback, he gets a snap, 
fakes the handoff. Well, it's more so not. It's not. A, it's not really a fake, but it's a read. So I'm reading a, one of the defensive linemen to see what he does. If he crashes down on the, the running back, then I pull the ball out and run. If he stands and looks at me and hesitates, I hand it to the running back and he takes off. Well, uh, the guy crashed in and I pull the ball and walk into the end zone untouched. Nice. And it was it was about a seven or eight yard run. Um, but that was a big moment. That was really cool. Uh, and then the very next time, obviously, East Surrey got their attempt uh, to score. And it came down to fourth down, and one of our linebackers blitzed off the left side and ran the quarterback down from behind as he's trying to throw it up in the air. Yeah. Ball game, and we won. Um, so that was a really cool, one of those high-intense moments, uh, high-intensity, uh, where, you know, it's just exciting to play in those games. And then uh, just because of the rivalry, and some Forbush people will probably listen to this, <laughs> uh, I broke about a 60, 65-yard Touchdown run in the Unified Bowl my senior year off of midline again and okay. yeah just cooked everybody down the sideline that was fun so midline was your play that was huh? my play man that was my play it seems so easy when you think about this read option type stuff mm-hmm. but like I just hear you tell a story I'm like if I was in there and I'm a little guy and I've got to figure out if a big guy's going to try to chase me or not yeah. I'm going to mess that one up oh yeah you know what I mean yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, that's you know those read option plays are pretty cool. Uh, it's just because it gives you another weapon. Um, but you know, in, at the high school level, the read option play is a little easier because most high schools are are coming out in one or two defensive fronts. They're not really switching it up very much. Um, obviously, I didn't play at the collegiate level, but just by watching college football, I'm a huge college football fan. From September to January, whenever yeah. they play the national championship on Saturdays, that's all that's on the TV. Faith hates it, but that's okay. <laughs> um, she'll hopefully she'll get used to it. Um, but let me know about that. Yeah, a couple years yeah, she probably probably won't. But um, yeah, I can see where when they're switching up the fronts and the linebacker schemes and stuff, how it could be a little bit more confusing. But at the high school level, it's not super complicated if right. you just understand what you're looking for. Well, I know so. the thing now, you may, you know, can quickly interject more on this than I can, is the whole RPO, yeah. the run-pass option mm-hmm. thing in college, which there's some deal with the fact that the linemen can get three yards downfield as opposed to one yeah. in the pro game. And I feel like I just – I mean, I'm a Toro fan. watch Sam Howell, and I'm like – it's like pitch and catch. Little, yeah. Oh, oh, I'm going to fake it to the to yeah. the running back, but he's not getting it. I'm going to hit yeah. this one guy who seems to always that play always seems to be open. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you're you know it's a great play, especially with the rules in college where three three yards. Um, but you know the linemen generally every now and then you might switch up, but generally your linemen are run blocking, right? Um, and that kind of causes the, the linebackers to bite in on the run, right. which when the quarterback pulls it, he throws it. Or if the linebackers sit like they're expecting it, he hands it yeah. off and the running back's good for four yards wow. or more, depending. Yeah. So We'll see if that stays. It just seems a little too easy to me, but yeah. uh, I know it takes a lot more talent than I, than I know yeah, about for here. that for same sure. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay, uh, good Memories right there, for sure, uh, except the part about you torching Forbush. We'll yeah. move on past that. Good times. Uh, okay. Never lost to him. Never lost to him. Uh, hmm. Beat him every time like a drum. There you go. Okay. So rough times. Rough times. Times are changing. Times are changing. Uh, be careful about that. <laughs> okay. We'll see. We'll see. 
All right. Uh, next culture. Uh, what's something you can't get enough of? Um. Well, number one, like guitars. I mean, yeah. man, I love guitars. All right. Uh, that's my thing when it comes to music. Uh, I enjoy playing other stuff, but guitars, uh, electric, and more specifically, electric guitar. That's home for me. Um, I can go into a guitar shop and I can sit there for hours and I play everything in there. So I love guitars and I have a few different ones and I, you know, as of late within the, really since COVID kicked in, I haven't done very much what we call gear swapping. Right. Um, just because of all the restrictions and that kind of stuff. But pre COVID, um, it, you know, I would trade guitars every four or five, three, four or five months, okay. something like that. I have, you know, I've got a couple of guitars that, that I call my, my horses, the ones that I can rely on and I yeah. always use. But I got a couple in the back that I just kind of, if I want to try something new, you know, swap it out. And, uh, it's kind of, it's actually kind of sketchy. There's this Facebook group that I'm in that like, it's supposed to be for church worship musicians. So okay. hopefully everybody's pretty, uh, you know, uh, trustworthy, sure. Uh, but it's kind of sketchy because what you do is you just reach an agreement via Facebook Messenger. You're like, yep, I'll ship it this date. You ship yours this date. Wow. And boom. So uh, one of these days, I might open the box and it might be a box of rocks. I don't. Know. <laughs> we'll, I hope that doesn't happen. Yeah, but, I hope not. You know, uh, I do that quite a bit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, guitars, and then this is something I've recently gotten into. Uh, well. Hobbies in general, as far as I like to read, and when I say read, I'm not like a book reader, right. but I like to read research. Does that make okay. sense? So yeah. like little like research, three, four page research blurbs on stuff. And one thing that I've gotten into quite a bit as of late, probably it, it was kind of brought on by uh, boredom during COVID, um, but the stock market. Okay. I love it. Like it, okay. it's something that I've kind of gotten into lately, and and reading up on stocks and companies and that kind of stuff, and uh, investing. I just it's something that I just really enjoy reading, and and even you know I try not to we'll say lose money, but um, even if I if I don't make any money or anything, I just like reading about all the companies and like okay. who's who's breaking uh, the the ground on new technology yeah. and making advancements. I just think it's really interesting to read about. So what's what's a uh, stock tip here? I mean, Ooh. no no messages or complaints if you you know go build you're going belly up. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah. This is what all the YouTubers say. I I'm not a financial advisor. Right. So you know, I'll take this. Uh, no. Something to watch. We're not yeah. saying invest. Something to watch. Yeah. Um, one that I've been uh, watching and I've bought some of lately. Uh, Nvidia. Uh, they're a chip maker, so they're okay. making a lot of um, graphics processors, GPUs, CPU, not as many CPUs, um, but their chips are also going into the auto industry, that kind okay. of stuff. Um, and bought a little bit of it, and uh, but I checked before I came in here on my app on Robinhood, and it's yeah. up over 5% on the day. Oh, wow. And they're all, they're getting ready to go through a stock split in July, so they're okay. going for a four-for-one stock split. Four-for-one? Yeah. It's kind Dang. of funny. Okay. I actually, well, Faith knows this, but we're on our honeymoon, and we're, like, chilling one day, and I was watching that stock. I had, like, some alerts set, and it hit yeah. the point that I was wanting, and uh, I bought some on the honeymoon, so. Okay. Yeah, that, yeah. That, and uh, also... Oh, another another great company that honestly, if I were really looking for a stock to buy, it'd probably be AMD Advanced Micro Devices. Okay. 
Um, they're also a chip maker, but they're in kind of a different sector than NVIDIA. Um, and they're by the balance sheets, being a math guy, you know, I like to yeah, read up all sure. that stuff. Uh, by the balance sheets, AMD is significantly undervalued, and they just reached an agreement with Google and Tesla to oh, provide wow. chips for their up and coming projects that they're working okay. on. So, yeah. It's, all right, yeah. there you go. Like I said, I like to read on this stuff. It's it's pretty cool to me. Um, it's interesting. When you break it big because of, uh, of Sam's advice, Sam, thank you. Yeah. And if it doesn't work out, he's not an advisor. Exactly. I'm not an advisor. Okay. So if it, but those are two safe plays. Okay. I feel like. Sounds good. <laughs> All right. Last one, Faith Element. Obviously, we share that uh, being here on on staff at, at church. Uh, what's something that God is teaching you right now? I guess this is kind of ironic or cliche almost. Um, but with getting married, um, God's just really teaching me about putting others before myself. Mm. Uh, and not just in a sense, not just with faith, but it's magnified with her. Um, because now, you know, and, and I didn't realize, it's funny, it's like a lot of times that I've found in life, a lot of the things that you learn it's a progression like it takes some time for you to realize Mm -hmm. what you're doing wrong but for me it was almost like I didn't realize how um, and and to an extent I'm still self prideful focused but um, I didn't realize how you know self-centered and self-focused I was but when we got married when we did the send off and we sat down in the car to drive off after it was like I sat down and I looked at her I was like okay um, this ain't just me anymore yeah I this is this is about serving her Um, and through that through and again you know we've not been married for two we've been married for two weeks not long at all and I'm not trying to say that I'm an expert on this by any means but um it was crazy to me how rapidly that my mentality changed. Mm-hmm. And do I do it? And am I perfect in the two week span of serving her and and, and not being selfish? No. Um, but I bought stocks on a honeymoon, right? Um, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> um, but that has kind of just one of the most rapid changes in the way that I view things that I've ever had in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it was almost like when we sat down in the car, boom, instant. Wow. Just, it changed that fast. And um, I'm learning through that relationship, um, through our marriage, and through the impact that that's had on me in just a short two weeks, how to put others before myself here at church, um, whether it's in the student ministry or in, uh, on the worship team or, you know, all the different things that we're involved in. Um, so for me, that's just been something that God's really been teaching me a lot about um, here lately um, that I've I've really just tried to tune in to what he's showing me uh, through scripture um, in that. So That's good. Yeah. Good stuff. Thank you for that. All right. Uh, we'll transition now to talk a little bit more about, about music. Um, something I... <laughs> Regrettably, I know all you guys have to listen to, like, oh, man, the first two episodes of season two, you didn't ask trivia questions, and you're right, I totally forgot. So, mm-hmm. for you, Sam, I've got some trivia questions. Okay. So, um, <laughs> interesting, maybe this this uh, topic here, um, 
I don't even know. We we have a shared. Um, I don't know what the word is. Feelings about K Love. Maybe we'll say that we're, we're yes, much we more about worship music and uh, maybe I don't know. Get off this tangent, but I feel like even the worship songs on K Love they have the radio versions. Yeah, yeah. And we they just like out, the live stuff. Yeah, they cut out the instruments. I mean, like, right. right. Don't get me wrong. I, I the words are are the you know the the most important part of, sure. of a worship song. Um, however, like. I think it's important to remember, and this is kind of a uh, a worship person. Come, so I'm a little biased to this, but um, you know that guitar player that played that guitar riff hook. You know, they are serving God right. just as importantly as the person singing the song. Yeah, and I think that to me, that's one of the things. And, and um, so when they and I listen for that, I love to hear the instruments. You know, I don't just want to hear the vocal. Um, I want to hear everything that makes that song that song. Sure. Um, that was like when they did the radio version of Lion and the Lamb, right? Mm. Lion and the Lamb, the original. If you've never listened to the original Bethel version of the song, okay, need to do it. Um, but it has this crazy good guitar hook at the beginning. Well, and really a couple times throughout the song. And then the radio version with a different band came out, and it just was not there. And I was like, right. "Song's not that good anymore." Like, not that yeah. the, the words didn't right. weren't the same and, and weren't as strong. It was just a matter of as a musician, it doesn't sound like yeah it's supposed to right. You know? So. Uh, just just give me the original and yeah. give me the live version. Exactly, that's what I want to hear. So yeah, and no shot to Kalo. If yeah. you guys are out there and you're you like K-Love. That's great. I mean, really, I mean, it's, you know, Christian music, positive influence. That's right. the thing. Um, but I do think uh, as far as all that, uh, as, as the extra stuff goes, it's worth it's worth a listen. If sure. you've got YouTube, Spotify, Apple Music, whatever, you're streaming, Amazon Prime, yeah. uh, give it a listen. Give the live versions a listen. They're worth it. All right. So um, these are kind of... These questions are really kind of more leaning toward the Caleb side of things, I guess. We're talking like mainstream Christian chart type stuff. Yeah. So, um, do you know the song that spent the most weeks at number one on the Christian Hot 100 Billboard charts? Just ever? Ever. Oh, man. I'll, I'll give you a slight hint. Is it? I wouldn't think it's a new song per se, but it's newer. And it's like number two right now, which blows my mind. Is it a song that we have discussed before? Have we talked about this song before? Not that I know Ooh, okay, of. Okay, never mind. I had that may one. be number two. I think I had one in mind, but I don't. Mm. You could correct me. I could, you know. Okay, my gut is to go with "Chainbreaker" by Zach Williams because that was just a massive hit yeah. when it came out. Right. But I don't know. Uh, that's. But my assumption is it's probably going to be some kind of Chris Tomlin song, maybe. Hmm. Might be. We haven't got too. to Chris Tomlin yet. Oh, we haven't got. To, oh, oh, oh no. There's you a good hint for later. Oh no. Female singer, kind of soulful. Oh, is it Lauren Daigle? Yeah. Oh, uh, um, I hear the piano intro to the song right now. Um, how can it be? Is that nope. It? No, no. This was more of a crossover. This guy's this one got a little airplay on, like you know, pop radio one seven five. You say seriously? I did not know that. 
saying 130 weeks at number one. I Y'all just think about who weeks in a year. That's two and a half years at number one. Okay, I'm honestly that is blown away. Crazy. I did not know that. It's like number two right now. I did not. Oh my word. Yeah. Okay. Well, okay. I I kind of see because it did get that crossover exposure. That that's probably where a lot of right. that drives from. That makes sense. It is a great song. It is a really good song. So I want to follow up because this is one I thought was going to be the answer when I was looking. Mm-hmm. This is number two okay. on the list. And this song was number one in, well, I guess Fondega was too, okay, but this is different. This song went to number one three different times. Like, it was number one, it dropped down a little bit, okay. went back up, okay. dropped down, went back up a little bit. Uh, your early days of, of working here, this would have been, like, the song, I would My say. early days of working. Now are we talking about a Chris Tomlin song? We, no, no, still not, 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 oh not there yet. The early days of me working here. I'm trying to think. I don't know. Give me, okay. I'm to give you a hint. Who, who, well, if you can tell me who it's by, I'll probably. Yeah, I think, I think that may go away. Um, hmm. Does it have guitars in it? It's, that's, uh, it's, that's how I identify I mean, songs. It's, like. more, uh, it's more of a piano one, I would say. Mm. Uh, it's a song about stepping out in faith. It's about trusting. That sounds like a trust in you. That sounds like a Lauren Daigle one right there. Yeah, not. Is this a female or male? Female singer. Uh, oh, no. Maybe the only female in the group that I know of that consistently is with them. Oof. I mean, I think you got me stumped here. Um, I don't know. Who is this? This is Oceans. Oh, oh, Oceans. oh, 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 yeah. okay. Hillsong that would be Hillsong United. United. Man. So... Yeah, I wasn't always, even. I, yeah. It's weird. I wasn't even thinking along this that that route. I yeah. should have. I right. was thinking like, you know, I guess what we'll call K Lovey songs. Okay. Yeah. So, but that one I guess was a big K Love hit. So that song was number one in 2014. Okay. Like drop down song went back up number one in 2015. Dropped down again. Went back up number one in 2016. Uh, and then that was about the time that. Um, Let's see. What a beautiful name came out. Yeah, Hill song again. Blew it out. Blew it out of the water. <laughs> right. yeah. yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. This is this is random. Oh. Uh, this really is a bonus question, I would say. Uh, so, um, just your guess. Top. These are the top ten. I just looked today. Songs according to CCLI. So that's like. The group that we report to as churches, if your church isn't doing it, you need to be doing yeah, that. Yeah. Make sure those artists get royalties. So, uh, yeah. So they know which songs are being sung by churches because we report those things. Right now, what are the top ten? Let's see what you, how many of them you can, you can fire off. No. Um, all right. So did you – my question is did you, did you group it at all? Like – Top ten contemporary songs. Top ten or popularity. Just, oh, I clicked popularity. Sheesh. I don't even know if like songs like Amazing Grace are are on there. This okay. These are modern. They modern. Are all modern. Okay. Songs. Okay. 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 All right. All right. 
Some are a few years old, but they're still in the top ten. Oh, still in the top ten. Um, okay, let's let me formulate this in my brain. <sighs> All right, there's got to be. Is our God still? Is our God by Chris Tomlin? Is that one? No, but there's a song that has those two words in it at the end. That's by Chris Tomlin. The end. The, how, the, great the, the, our, how, how great is our, our God? God? Yes, okay, that okay, is. That, that is. That uh, is one of them. Oh, yes. This is tough. Um, let's see. Let's see. You just mentioned one of them. Chainbreaker. No. Oh no. The one that came after Oceans. Um. Oh, what a beautiful name. Yep, that's on there. Is the blessing on there? It is, is not on there. Oh, no. Mm. Um, King of Kings. Is that one? On no. There? I'm I'm kind of shocked about that one. The blessing doesn't really surprise me that much. That one. Um. Let's think. Are there any of them like obs- like strangely kind of obscure? That's like, oh, this is kind of shocking. Or are they all pretty like? This is. They're all pretty straightforward. Um, mm. Let's see. One we've sang quite a bit. Not in a little while. One we've sang a little bit. One we've sang a pretty good amount here lately. Would Living um, Hope be on there? It is not. It's I was not. surprised mm. that that was not on there. It hurts there. my heart. Yeah, uh, one that I really wanted you to sing, but you had a better experience with it prior. Prior, so we haven't sung that one yet. Oh, uh, 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 I literally just heard this song last night. Um, it's your bre- uh, it's your breath in our lungs. What's the name of the song? <laughs> uh, Great are you, Lord. Great are you, Lord. Are you, Lord. Is okay. one of them. Okay. Yes. Yeah. All right. Um. All right, give me another hint here. Um, one was like an old, uh, uh, it was written by like a kid, 12, 13 years old, something that was in the hospital. It was like a oh, spiritual oh, and then it's oh, gone. Raise a Hallelujah? No. Oh, no. Um, oh, that wasn't written by a kid. No, it was written about a kid. I think it was written by a kid, almost certain. They were in the hospital and they wrote the song, yeah. And then uh, got redone by Leland. Oh, Waymaker? Waymaker. Okay. Yeah. That doesn't surprise me. Uh, we got, um, you know there's got to be a song that's got Elevation Worship in there right now. <laughs> yeah. Featuring somebody else. Featuring somebody else. Who would it be featuring? Uh, it's not Maverick it's, City. I'll give you it's that. It's not Maverick City. Who else have they done a song with? They've done songs with a lot of people. Yeah, right, <laughs> yeah, right, a, right. There's a lot of options. <laughs> uh, who did they do this one with? This guy's with Bethel, but he seems to be showing up everywhere. Oh, Brandon Lake. Yeah. So it's with Brandon Lake. Yeah. Which one is it? Because he's on several of those as well. Yeah. Uh, is this one we do here? Yep. Uh-oh. I'm about to show how funny it is. <laughs> this is actually what happens on, just so y'all know, this is like a side note. This is what happens on Sunday mornings. I go to walk or talk the band through the set list. And I'm like, what songs are we doing again? Like, they just leave. <laughs> Literally, I just, just have I've just practiced them. Yeah. And boom, they they, they, they leave. Um, oh, Graves in the Garden. Graves in the Garden. Got me. Yes. Yeah. 
Yeah, I was yeah. I was literally searching through my brain at all the songs Brandon Lake's been a part of. Yeah, I was, I was like, I was, I was like, wait, what is it? What is it? it yeah. So. Okay, I, I'll kind of speed this up for a little bit. Um, Phil Wickham's got a new one. Oh, uh, and an older uh, one. Oh, he's got a new. This is Amazing Grace. Is this, that, that one's on okay. there. That was number ten. Okay. Yeah. 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 And what's his newest one? I think is it. Um, Battle Belongs. Yes, that that's on the top on, ten. Yes, that's, for real. That's number eight. Dang, that's that's a quick. I didn't think yeah. that song was that big. Holy um, that's a good. Let's song. see. So we ain't got number nine yet. Uh, this is a large number of uh, reasons. <laughs> ten thousand re- oh, reasons. Ten thousand reasons. Matt Redman. Man. <laughs> Never mind. I'm not gonna say that, that. That's been a. That, that was song, the whole song. Uh, okay, it's a good. Uh, Back in its time, it wasn't a bad song. You talk about a song that's been played. overplayed and overplayed and overplayed. Holy Still God. number nine. It's a good song. but uh, Yeah. Um, okay. Surprisingly, it's not Good Good Father, but the same guy who wrote Good Good Father, mm-hmm. I believe, has this one. Pat Barrett? Yeah, I think this is a Pat Barrett song. Is it Build My Life? Yes. Boom. Build My Life. And we've only got number two left. Um Not build my life, but all my life you have been faithful. All my life you have been so so good. Um, goodness of God. Goodness of God. So That's number go. two. As number two. There's okay. your top ten. I'm shocked. So I'm shocked go. that that's that high. Yeah. So I would have. I would have put. I would have figured. Graves in the gardens. I would have figured ten thousand reasons. What was number one? Yeah. Uh, Waymaker. Okay, that doesn't really surprise me. I would have figured 10,000 Reasons would have been above. Oh, yeah? Good Father. Uh, no, not Good. I would have figured Good Good Father would have right. been somewhere in there right. as well. Cause hey, maybe next month because this has been uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Father's Day. It'll rotate. So, yeah. July, I bet it'll pop back in there. So there's your top 10. Not bad. That's a lot of songs to think through. So you did pretty yeah. good with that. Especially when they're varying how old they are. So. Yeah. yeah. All right, last question. Gave you a big hint on this one. Who's the most most sung artist in the world? Oh, it's got to be Chris Tomlin. Chris Tomlin. Yeah. Across any genre, uh, Chris Tomlin, number one. So, there you go. Right. I mean, he has the one song where they did it in how many different languages? Oh, that was... Uh, oh is it How Great Is Our, is our God? God. Yeah, it was yeah. that one. All the different yeah, ones. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. 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 It's kind of cool. I mean, not going to lie. It's, it's yeah. really cool. I mean, I, I, I take a lot of jabs at Chris Tomlin uh, about every time I get the chance. Because he is... <laughs> He's if you've never met if you've never been around Chris, he's kinda of short. He is. Actually, no, he's not kinda of short. He is really and short. Matt Redman tells I was walking down the street. Yeah, I was walking down the street in uh, Franklin, Tennessee one day. Um, and I walked by this guy, I was like, Wait, that guy's really short. And honestly, I did a double take because he was, he was so short. short. And I turned around and I saw a side of his face, I was like, Hold up, that's Chris Tomlin. And he like made eye con- he was with his family and he made eye contact with me like Almost like he was begging me not to say anything. He's like, please, man, just, yeah, just let me be with my family. Yeah. So I didn't say anything to him. But, yeah, I, I did a double take because he was so short. Yeah. So, Chris Tomlin, if you ever hear this for some reason, I'm not <laughs> making fun of you. I apologize. You you are short. <laughs> just saying, the, just speaking the truth. Exactly. Exactly. So, I saw Matt Moore in the streets of, of Atlanta at One Passion, and I said, huh, Matt Moore. He said, what's up? And then... uh I was thinking of somebody else. Man, I totally lost him. So what happens is you get 
you get older. There was somebody oh, else I was talking about seeing. Brandon Lake. Yeah. Uh, Faith and I, on the way back from our honeymoon when we flew into Atlanta, uh-huh. uh, we are going up an escalator. Uh-huh. Um, headed to the in in the Atlanta airport they call it the plane train you know the little shuttle or whatever the subway um, and we look and she made she had this look on her face like what and I look up and there's Brandon Lake oh, yeah. with his wife and his two kids okay they get on the same plane train thing I could have slapped him in the back of the head if I wanted okay. like he was that close to me yeah pretty cool so that is cool. And honestly, okay, it's kind of funny. I thought he was a lot bigger than what he is. Okay. Because, you know, he's on stage next to those Elevation guys, but the Elevation guys are kind of small. They're, <laughs> they're short. Chris like, Brown's short. Chris Brown, he's short. So Brandon Lake looks like a giant. And yeah. He's standing there, I'm like, he's actually not that big. I mean, he's about <laughs> my height. He yeah. might be a little taller than me, but yeah, yeah. it's kind of cool. I remember it, the person I was thinking of now. Uh, a few years ago, a buddy of mine uh, we went to Nashville one day trip there and back to see a show. Don't I'm too old for that now. Mm. Uh, but it was Need to Breathe, Switchfoot, uh, Drew Holcomb, Connie House. That's worth it. That'd be worth it. It was worth it. Even even at your age now, it's still it was worth it. Uh, and me and my buddy are just sitting there, kind of the front of the lawn section. And this guy comes, it walks by, and I just like look, and I was like, oh well, I know who that is. And my buddy did too. Uh, and this person actually like. <laughs> kind of opposite of Chris Tomlin not not knocking Chris Tomlin but like he noticed that we knew who he was so he yeah. came toward us Stephen Curtis Chapman oh yeah and he shook, he's not a short guy yeah, yeah. so yeah. We, we shook hands and we just got to say man your sons are really awesome yeah. and you are too obviously yeah 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 uh, but uh, so we shook his hand he like, seems like a cool guy super just down to earth like yeah. again like he just recognized in a humble way that we knew who he was, and he came and shook our hands. Yeah, yeah. So that was very cool. And he's so good. Like, in music, the music industry, a lot of, most of the time, Christian music is not as far as, like, some of the musicians are not as top-notch as you get in, like, pop or rock. It's just reality. Right. Uh, or even some of those guys like need to breathe, that kind of stuff. Yeah. So in the industry, people kind of look down from time to time. But when people hear Stephen Curtis Chapman play, yeah, they're just like, holy cow. Yeah. This dude is crazy good. Well, part of it, I think, you can correct me if I'm wrong, this is like, I mean, Chris Tomlin would be one of them. <coughs> they're writing songs that churches can play. Exactly. So and that's not, the thing. The songs yeah. aren't meant to be. And Chris exactly. would have meant that. And yeah. even I've heard Need to Breathe talk about Stephen Curtis Chapman and be like, nah, bro, sorry, we can't play your songs. <laughs> yeah. You're too good for us. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. And, and those those music, musicians in, in worship music, no, I'm not saying they're not as good. They're just right. looked down because they don't play music that is intricately as complex. But it's also, you got to think of, well, what's the purpose in the song? Yes. Right? Nobody's going to sing a song that has jazz chords and jazz yeah. melodies, right? I mean, it, it's, it's... We should going, try that sometime. It's modulating between keys. <laughs> you know, it's just confusing. It's not a singable song. Yeah. These guitar players and these musicians are, are incredible in the Christian music industry, yeah. but they get knocked on because their music's not as complex or whatever you want to call it. Right. But from my perspective, those, those songs are meant to serve the body Christ to serve mm-hmm. the church, therefore they need to be easily singable yeah. for people. Well, you've kind of walked in a couple of things I want to get to, and uh, we've had a good time chatting. We may not get everything this time. I have to look for part two, maybe. <laughs> but um, so you're talking about the way songs, songs are structured. 
and things like that nature. So, uh, what songs are you looking for? What things are you looking for when you're selecting songs that we would sing here at Collide? Yeah, the first thing that that is a non-negotiable is it has to be biblically sound. Um, right. And and there are songs that we have considered before. I've considered that. Um, I've even been up to the point of putting it on the schedule, but then praying about it and thinking through it, like, okay, probably not going to do this because there is a line or there is something in it that is just, um, and that that's questionable. And when I say questionable, a lot of times the thing, I don't mean that the songs are blatantly saying that, you know, Jesus is not the only way or, you know, Mm -hmm. whatever. Um, but more so, sometimes some of the songs, some songs can turn and almost have a more focus on us and our problems and our issues mm. than a focus on Jesus. Right. Um, and I don't think that's that's biblical because the Bible isn't about us. You yeah. Know? Um, yeah. It's about the story of redemption through Jesus, and we happen to be the the um, the gift receivers of of redemption mm-hmm. <laughs> if we accept Christ. Um, but it's not about us. Um, and so biblically sound. Um, and then from there, um, I look for songs that are, uh, the melody is something that our people can sing. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that, you know, because I understand everybody that walks into our church is not a musician. They're not a vocalist, right? But I don't want to sing a song that has 15 different vocal runs in it and nobody knows what's going on. I want it to be something where the melody is easily accessible mm-hmm. and they have a target, right? right. So that, that everybody can sing along. Because participation, we'll get that to this in a minute, but participation and engagement in worship is just as important as the words that we're singing. If mm-hmm. not if not equally important, maybe more important. Um, and we'll get to that in a minute. But um, And then, uh, you know, from a musician standpoint, songs that melody are easy to sing and then songs that are catchy as far as like what the, the instruments are doing um, I love stuff that has a good guitar hook or mm-hmm. you know something that has a good um, synth or keys part in it um, because for musicians while most people who aren't musicians probably don't care you know musicians it, it makes when you're playing those songs three services in a row yeah, yeah. And, and practicing for it, it just makes right. it more fun right um if you're sitting there playing four chords over and over and over again, yeah. kind of gets redundant and monotonous. But being able to play some of those different hooks, and it, it also is it's catchy. It makes the songs a song. You're looking for songs that your musicians enjoy. Exactly playing that makes yeah. a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, what is it called? I'm trying to think. Even of I think it's who you say I am. There's like three notes kind of in a row. Is that like what is that? I'm thinking of walk down. That may be totally wrong. You know what I'm talking about. Talking about in... Who You Say I Am? Which part of it? Goodness gracious. Um, I've got what a beautiful name stuck in my head. I can't even get back to that one. Trying to think through it. It seems to be a thing in other songs where it's like you got three chords kind of that end the part of a song, three separate notes, and it's like, I don't know, it seems to drive the song for me. Yeah, well, a lot of those, so like... Who You Say I Am is in 
a different time signature. It's in the time signature of six six eight. Okay. So per measure, instead of having four beats, you got six. So yeah. like standard four four is one two three four one, whereas right. six eight is one two three one two or one two three four five six, and the emphasis is on the one and the four, whereas with a four beat measure, it's more so on the two and the four with the kick or depending on what the song is calling for. So naturally it has more of a, a push in some spots than like a 4-4 four, four song. So that might be... Get the song in my head now. I'm trying to... Yeah. You're talking about like the I'm a child of God. I'm a dun, 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 dun. Yeah, what, oh, what yeah. is it's that? Just, it's, it's honestly, it's a walk down. That's what I thought it was a yeah, walk down. Yeah, a walk down like, from... The chords, uh, six, so, well. Talking Nashville numbers, that's yeah, a whole other thing. Yeah, Nashville numbers, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's a six minor, five, and a four, so it just goes in order. So you would call down. it a walk down. Yeah, it's walking from the six minor to the four. It just sticks out to my ear, and, I, and yeah. Sam can tell you, I'm one of these guys who doesn't know a lot, but I'm like, I like that, or that sounds that's wrong. That's wrong. Like, <laughs> yeah. like Sam, yeah. something's not right. Yeah, I don't know how to fix it, but it's not right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's that's usually how we have our discussions. Uh, so even on like a rattle, rattle has two different walk downs that sound similar, but don't don't don't. Yeah, that just catches me. I think that's something that I think draws people in. Yeah, uh, on that instrument part. It's not words. Like you talk yeah, about the part, yeah, yeah. importance of the music. So it's important. Um, all right. So maybe this is going back to Stephen Curtis Chapman. Uh, artist, guitar players that you have been influenced by. Yeah, uh, Stephen Curtis Chapman. I grew up. Uh, my parents had every one of his records, every one of his CDs, albums. So I grew up listening to Stephen Curtis Chapman. It, it, honestly, I guess since birth. In yeah. reality, like uh, he was there in yeah. the in the delivery room. Exactly. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably not him, but, but, his, yeah, music. but his music. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I actually met him when I was young too. That was kind of funny. Um, I was a, I was pretty young. I, I guess I was seven, maybe seven, eight. And I was almost as tall as he was. We're, we're not. <laughs> Sam's on. got these. I'm short not going to short people. Um, going. Sorry. Now I did look up and see. I was going to ask you this, but I thought it was a little hard. Uh, you were born in '95. Yeah. That is when Heaven in the Real World was like the stuff, and that's yeah. Stephen Curtis Chapman's technique Listen right to that there, song so. a lot. Yeah. Uh, probably my favorite Stephen Curtis Chapman song was Dive. Oh, yeah. That's a great Oh, one. man. The Great Adventure. Yes. And, which I think the new one that he did with his sons in Colin right. House, I think it's better than the original. Yeah, sure. Um, and then uh, Live Out Loud. That was one of my favorite ones. That was, is that when he's rocking in the the band? Yeah, the yeah, 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 yeah. Now, Speechless was up there for me. That's that one always got yeah, me, yeah. and that album was good, too. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, so Stephen Curtis Chapman, uh, and then venturing out into more, I guess we'll call, uh, guitar world, uh, Boston. Oh, yeah. Uh, my dad was a big Boston fan, so I've always been infatuated with the way those guys play guitar. All right. They're... The, the layers that they use uh, and the, 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 the blend of the guitar is just incredible to me. Um, James Duke. Uh, oh, yeah. He, yeah, he, he's played for, like, everybody. Right. Yeah, he played for John Mark McMillan. Yes. And he, Elevation. And he moved to Nashville and play, he's played with Jesus Culture. Uh, I'm pretty sure he's on some Bethel stuff. Uh, he's on uh, Church of the City in Nashville. A lot of different stuff like that. Um, 
So James Duke is great. Um, he's not short. Um, <laughs> there so, we go. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then Hillsong, um, they were a big influence, you know, growing up listening because for me, Hillsong is like that um, epitome of worship music. Like the, the for me at my age, the the worship music that I really enjoyed listening to yeah. it was Hillsong. Right. Um, those songs like Hosanna, oh, yeah. Mighty to Save, those were some of the first songs that I learned on guitar. And even now, Hosanna is still like one of my favorite songs. It's such a good song. Uh, it popped yeah. on the radio the other day when Faith and I were driving. It's like, this song That's is so it. good. Yeah. And then um, Colony House. Yeah. Uh, so it's kind of funny, full circle. Yeah, Stephen Curtis right. Chapman and now his son's band uh, influences me a lot because they just have... I mean, they just have killer guitars. Yeah. Um, so, back before COVID, they were the last concert that I went to before okay. COVID. I think, actually, yeah, I think it was them. Um, and I, that is, listening to their show was, as a musician, one of the most inspiring things. That sounds wow. probably kind of weird for non-musicians, but sometimes you walk away from something, you're like, that makes me want to sit down and play guitar. And that mm. was one of those instances. It was just like, that's all I want to do. I don't. I don't want to do anything else but sit around and play guitar for like six weeks. <laughs> Those guys so talented. Yes. And, you know, individually. Yeah. Caleb writing, singing, Scotty playing guitar, and, producing. Uh, um, Will Franklin yeah. on the drums. DJ and now. DJ. Yeah. 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 I hate you didn't have a DJ in your wedding. Yeah, no, that'd be cool. That would have been awesome. That'd be cool. Uh, all right, so a couple more questions. We'll wrap up. We're going to have to come back to part two. At some point, um, your three favorite worship songs. Now that's a tough one right there, probably to narrow it down as yeah. many as we've talked about. But what are ones, either currently or maybe if you think, man, all time, these are just ones that have really stuck with me throughout the yeah. years. Um, so I, since you asked for three, I'm doing from three different areas. Okay. So the first one's just basically my top overall. Yeah. Living Hope. Yeah. Uh, I think that song, when it, I think, I think that song. It explains the gospel in the, in my opinion, like I've never heard it before in a song. It tells you about our brokenness mm-hmm. and how you know jacked up we are, and then it concludes with the story of redemption and that last verse um, of Jesus coming up out of the grave. I think mm-hmm. that is just one of the most incredible things, um, and then. A throwback, okay. Uh, a throwback. Uh, God is able by Hillsong. It's oh an yeah. Older one. Yeah. But I selected that one because that was one of the songs that uh, first I heard it was at Caswell. They did okay. it there, and Caswell's had just such a big impact in my life, uh, being a part of the team there, um, and also it's one of the songs that got me hooked on guitar because uh, it has that big guitar intro that just sounds so cool. Yeah. Um, so that one. Um, and then a new song uh, that has recently come out that I think is really good, Brandon Lake and Cody Carnes, Carrie Job's husband. Yeah. Uh, Too Good to Not Believe. It's a really good okay. song. Um, it's got some really good uh, lines in there uh, that are pretty cool. So... Um, yeah, I would say those those three, and then one other one. We'll call this an extra. Sure, sure. Yeah. Bonus. Uh, Glorious day, the, yeah. the one by Passion. Yeah. Um, because we did that one at Castle, and that is the 
wildest, worst <laughs> service I've ever been a part of in yeah. my life. I mean, the place, the balcony at Caswell was shaking. Like our, the confidence monitor for the band, the TV is mounted right. on the balcony, and you can visibly see the balcony shaking. Oh the, the TV's moving, and that is the craziest thing I've ever been a part. I mean, people just sweating, falling in the floor, jumping up and down. It was, it was one of the coolest wow. things. It was a lot of fun. So That's cool how you yeah. how you tie those the songs to memories. Yeah, absolutely. They're powerful. I mean it just it's so clear how powerful music is and particularly yeah. worship. I mean we could go to a, a concert, I'm sure going to a Boston show would have been pretty awesome oh, yeah. back in the day. Yeah. But yeah. when you know that everybody is there for the purpose of lifting up praises to God, it's just yeah, it's a different, it's just a different thing. And I think that's yeah. what when you said living hope. I feel like that's connected so well with our people. It's one that I know when we sing it, you're going to hear the people. Yeah, and I remember we sang that. I guess it had been prior to uh, Impact in 2019, and I just remember like, okay, <laughs> like you just tell ones that people yeah. know, and that's yeah. the K-Love connection, which is good. And, but man, when people know the song, yeah, and then they believe the song and they yeah. sing it man it's just yeah. so powerful well, it was like you know we sang Living Hope at my at our oh wedding. that was awesome and oh, that I gotta be careful talking about it but um, that was one of the coolest experiences because Faith and I our backs were turned to the yeah, audience yeah. and to the congregation and um, <laughs> I was looking at Brent and I just like lost it when yeah. everybody everybody hit that verse and uh whoo uh, pretty cool. Yeah. Pretty cool. That was a cool moment that you guys did that. And I was like, all right, I've never seen a wedding where people are worship are lifting their hands yeah. to worship. Yeah. Like, yeah. So it was, that was, that was very cool. Now, you know, I kind of the different view of you. I was like right there in the back. I got my kids there yeah. in case they get rowdy. You want to be able to yeah. get out of there. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, just seeing people worship like that. that was, yeah. It was, was kind awesome. of funny. I, uh, as soon as that happened, I was literally like taking a breath and as I took the breath all the like the emotion hit me and I like thank the Lord there was no microphone on me at the time because I like snorted really bad and Faith looked at me and we realized like oh sorry I probably shouldn't have done that but yeah that was it's one of those times you know most of the time I I guess I um, manage emotions fairly well but I I couldn't in that. that was one of those times where it's just like, holy cow, this is cool. With this all that incredible. was going on, all the motions already, and yeah. then that just kind of <laughs> took it to a new level. Like, <laughs> yeah, it did. Awesome. It was really, really cool time. So, I mean, right along those lines, and we'll stop stop here, um, what would you say, if you're speaking uh, as a uh, the you know the worship director, the band leader, whatever you, you want to call it, uh, to the congregation, to the people who are out there in the audience I don't even want to say audience because it's not really what it is it can easily look like that yeah, but yeah. you're there as the band not to perform for these people mm-hmm. but to lead them in the worship of God so what would you say to them maybe as an encouragement as um, I don't know the cat who's up on stage pointing yeah. at them and hopefully pointing them to God what would you say as far as uh, their engagement in, in worship yeah so I kind of sum it up in, in like, uh, I guess two two uh, lines, I guess. And first one will say, you know, ball game with a seatbelt. And that sounds kind of funny, but like, huh. you know, 
we get rowdy at ball games, right? We we, we get excited. Okay. Uh, why are you going to a ball game, right? If you if you're not going to get into it, why are you going, right? Sure. All right. So, um, however, I say a seatbelt because there is a sense of reverence, right? Right. And I think so many times we we don't we get caught up in one side or the other. I think we get caught up in being too over the top and mm. and and rowdy at times, depending sure. on location. Um, but I think the majority of the time we come in and we act the same as we have the rest of the time. We don't act excited. Um, and I'm saying this as a church, but also just as globally as the church. We don't, we don't sure. get excited for what God's doing. I mean, the fact that we're able to gather on Sunday mornings should excite us. Mm. Freely gather um, and joining together with others. Uh, that should excite us and that should move us. That should stir emotions in us mm-hmm. that we want to sing. We want to lift our hands. I mean, read the book of Psalms. If you're, yeah, if you, yeah. if you're ever, you know, curious about what you should look like when you worship, right. read the book of Psalms. Pretty clear. I mean, it's, it's very, very obvious. And then the second thing is this, like from a person who's on stage, we are not, and this is, this is another, I hate like, I guess, cliche sayings. And this is really ironic and cliche but we as a team we are not worship leaders we're just lead worshipers that makes sense so we're all in this thing together like we're not trying to um we're not we're not trying to put on a performance we're not trying to elicit an emotion out of someone who um who doesn't want to show emotion you know we we don't want anything fake coming out um but we're worshiping alongside of you. And it's easy to get in the mentality of, oh, we're watching them sing. That's not it. That's not what worship is. Worship mm-hmm. is actively participating, actively obedient mm-hmm. to what the Bible is teaching. And the Bible teaches in the book of Psalms that we should lift our hands, we should worship, we should praise, we should sometimes fall on our knees, mm-hmm. um, shout, you know, clang together cymbals, although we have a drummer for that, so you don't have to bring any cymbals to church. If you do, just don't. Be on time. Yeah, be, yeah, be on, yeah, please be on time. That's one of the funniest things, man. People, like, at camp, Yeah. people get all excited, and I saw it this week when I was down there, or last week when I was down there, but start a song, immediately offbeat. Immediately offbeat. Not the band, but right. the people clapping or hitting the chairs and stuff. It's terrible. It's like, you know, it's really not that hard. But for some people, I guess it is. So, yeah. But, yeah, that would be my biggest thing. Like, you know, engage with worship. Don't be a spectator. Be a participant. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, that, you know, ball game with a seatbelt. Be excited. That's good. Right? But I like that. at the same time, be reverent as to what God's doing. Um, but that doesn't mean that you can't be excited. Mm. So, yeah. With that, just to follow up, no, I keep saying when, and I will, I will stop after this yeah. one. Um, okay, if if, the, if this, and kind of the reverence uh, thing, and it's not a show, not a performance, I believe that, uh, then for us, in some churches, and go to the Christian concerts, okay, why the lights, and why uh, the microphone, and the loudspeakers, and the crank it up a little bit, which I'm all about. Why that if it's not a performance? Yeah. Um, so I think 
it stems in the form of excellence in all that we do. Because I don't think God is limited, and this is not a shot towards anybody who does church differently than we do. Right. Um, I don't think God is limited to you know a stage, a piano, and a voice, a voice or a choir. Right. Again, you know, that's there's absolutely nothing wrong with doing church that way. Just like I don't believe there's anything wrong with doing church with lights and and cameras and microphones and guitars and drums and um, I think it's a matter of pursuing excellence in all that we do and I think the key the crux of the whole situation is making sure that those things are not replacing what's important Hmm. and that's Hmm. the gospel right we can have the lights or we can not have the lights we can have the loud music or we can not have the loud music but if we don't have the gospel then we got a problem Hmm. big problem that's that's the whole yeah. crux, and I think it's a cultural thing. You know, I think it's depending on where where we're from. I mean, you know, right. that and, and that goes across all aspects. I mean, you you go to to another country, you go to to, to Africa, it's going to look a lot different in Africa than it looks at any of our churches. Right. You know, um, you go to Southeast Asia, yeah, it's going to look a lot different than sure. anywhere else because. They're not meeting in churches. They're meeting in basements and yeah. in the woods and hiding. You know, it, it's a cultural thing, and I, I don't think it's wise for to be a critic of any culture. Um, maybe a, a biblical when, when it's biblically centered, but to be a critic of that culture and saying, "Well, the way you're doing that's wrong." Yeah. When the Bible doesn't say it's wrong. Right. Yeah. So. Um, now, I'm not against tradition by any means. I think tradition's a good thing. But when tradition becomes what you worship, that's where it's, there's a problem. Hmm. I love what you said there. Uh, do whatever you're doing with excellence. Be it with a band, be it with lights, be it with a piano and a choir, be it acoustic, be it a cappella, yeah. whatever it is, do it with excellence. And uh, I mean, I think it's kind of obvious, but we just told us in Ephesians, like, uh, serve, uh, you know, this was more of like a, uh, your boss and your employ- employee type thing. Serve as if you're serving the Lord. Work as if you're working with the Lord. Yeah. Obviously in a church, I hope that's what we're doing. Yeah. But it, in that instance, we're, we we give God our best. Exactly. Uh, and whatever that looks like in our church, in another local church, in a church, like you said, in a different country, it looks different. Yeah. But we're still giving God our best. So yeah. thank you for Answering, answering that question and uh, there's a lot more stuff I want to get to uh, but we'll just have to get Sam back on yeah. here soon uh, but Sam thanks for being here I really appreciate you giving your time sure you're a busy man and I appreciate all that you do for yeah. our church for Star Mount High hey, School hey, uh, for, uh, ranks, for our students ranks. and just for our community as well so thanks for being here thank you guys for listening and uh, hearing us nerd out a little bit of pop music hope you enjoyed it and uh, we'll be on here again soon thank y'all